Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hey guys, welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast. It's my absolute privilege and honor to introduce one of the, uh, the living legends of copywriting. Uh, so, sorry if that makes you sound old, Alan, because I don't mean to say that at all. Because, oh, because, oh. because you're not. <laughs> I don't, don't know if I can agree with you. <laughs> but, uh, but you're one of the original copywriters that, that I grew up studying back uh, uh, 10, 15 years ago. So please uh, introduce yourself. Welcome to the core. It's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, I'd like to talk about some of the stuff, cool stuff that you're doing now. So, um, sure. So what we were just talking about uh, off camera, if we can jump right into that, is I saw uh, that you posted a picture on Facebook about some direct mail that you were doing. And that really fascinated me because everybody's so uh, enamored online with, with you know, uh, using the internet for everything, and, uh, which is fair enough because it's got such a, uh, a low cost of, and a high penetration, that sort of thing. But uh, a direct mail is really interesting. It's really something that uh, I'd like to test in my own business at some point. So can you tell us more about the project that, um, that you're doing? And I assume that this is not like a new thing that you're doing, that, that you've done direct mail before. Yeah, I mean, probably in my working life, I've probably mailed over a million pieces of direct mail very yeah. easily, really. That's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it says a lot, yeah. And the, the reason I always go back to... What is, Brian, when things are a little bit uncertain and human habits are being changed through different mediums, direct mail always worked. Mm. It just always worked. So if you look at, I'll give you a little bit of a background. If you look at the history of direct mail, it's huge. Yeah. And if you look at the history of email, it's relatively small. I mean, I started email in probably around 1997. And maybe the year before that, I don't remember, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah. the problem we had then, of course, is nobody had an email. Mm. So, you know, people used to say, no, I'm not getting an email because I don't think it's going to take off. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I grew up in my business life doing direct mail, offline marketing because we didn't have the web. So when I opened my first business in 85, that was done with flyers. In 89, when I had a brick and mortar shop, um, the prime marketing tool was direct mail. And I used to mail around 1,000 mail, 1,000 letters every Tuesday morning without yeah. fail. Yeah. It, was, it was just almost like a religious habit that was mm. done. Mm. Um, the problem, of course, in those days is we didn't have, you know, we couldn't sit at home and print really good mailers. You yeah, just yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah. Because you could buy printer. We didn't have computers. So is it, you had to go to the, if you wanted to print, you know, a letter, so if I wanted to print that, I, I would have to take it to the printer, and three weeks later, never before, he would bring it back. So it was, it was so painful, really, it was just so painful. <laughs> now, as years have gone on, I've always gone in and out, in and out, in and out of direct mail. I've done tons of direct mail for clients. You know, I've done probably... I don't know the number really, Brian, but I would say at least one dozen over over a million pound turnover direct mail is easily. Yeah. I know I did one that was seven and a half million. Uh, I did one that was two point two million. I did one that was one and a half million. Um, and this was for real world. This was for um, accountants. This was for selling cars. 
This was a, for a cosmetic business. This was real world business. So direct mail for me is it's a core part of my business for lots and lots of reasons. Now, it's interesting you say, because everybody says, you know, because of the low cost uh, of email. Well, for me, the, the price of email is extremely high cost because the open rate is now so low and the yeah. sponsor rate is so low. Mm. You could do one, we can do 100 pieces of direct mail, which is sometimes what we do to our, our niche list here. Yeah. 100 pieces of direct mail and get a 10% conversion. Now, 10% conversion for us is 10 times, because we, we sell a big manual, it's 10 times 250 pounds. So we can get a 2,500 pound return for a 100 direct mailer. That 100 direct mailer costs us roughly 100 pounds, and we've got the cost of the manual in posting, which is 30 pounds. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer. It's a complete not a no-brainer. But most people do direct mail very badly, very, very badly. Now, the reason I'll tell you that is this. <clears throat> First of all, most copywriters, I would say 99%, do what I call formulate copywriting. Now, formula-based copywriting, I mean, don't get me wrong, Brian, I still read this stuff. You know, this yeah. is on my desk. Yeah. I mean, I paid $300 for this, God knows how many years ago. You know, I still have all this stuff lying here when I'm doing a direct mail campaign. Mm. And I still, you know, I've got such a huge pile here, I can't enjoy it all this, this so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. I still do I still do all this reference stuff when I'm um I'm doing my own work for swipes and everything else. I've been doing this for 30 years, a long time really. But <clears throat> the problem with most copywriters is they create formulate copywriting. Now, for example, online, we have a couple of really prominent, brilliant copywriters. Gary Halbert, deceased, brilliant copywriter. Uh, uh, John Carlton, brilliant copywriter. And there's others as well, of course, but the problem is we have today is most copywriters try and write like those copywriters, mm. rather than having a conversation with the marketplace. And it's, it's, it's a distance that is so huge it's impossible to connect yeah. both sides. Yeah. You cannot create formula for every audience. It's not possible. So you can only do a successful direct mail, because this is where we're going back to. Successful direct mail if, you can only do that if the conversation is in harmony with what's going on in the target's head. And that doesn't include formula. Now, of course, you still can have formula, in as much as it's good to have a headline. Yeah. You know, it's good to have a call to action. Yeah. I mean, I do lots of copy where I don't have bullet points. For me, bullet points, uh, you know, it's not a deal maker. For me, like uh, having subs and preheads is not a deal maker. What the deal maker for me is, is are we talking to the audience in a conversation that is already in their heads? Because if we're not, the, the direct mail won't work. Nothing will so, work if, it's not, if that's not there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and of course, there's the other stuff as well. You know, what's the strategy and the tactic of the direct mail? So I know you're asking me about this particular one. So basically, <clears throat> we have another business called salonpunk.com. Yeah. I've been doing this since 1999, so a long time. 
and we have a big database of uh, hair salon owners. And I used to be a hairdresser for 20 years. I used to be a salon owner for 17 years. So it's something I know inside out. Uh, within Salon Punk, we have lots of things. I'll, go, I'll grab a book. I'm coming back. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so we, we, we have all the usual stuff, you know, the lead generation, blah, 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 blah. We have business. So we have a, a paperback book called The Salon Punk, How to Make Your Salon Rage in Success which is not a how-to book, it's a story. Mm. So it's, like, it's almost like if I can do it, anyone can. Yeah. That's it. So it's a story of how I learned business, how I learned marketing, how I fell into hairdressing, how I opened salons, and then a little bit at the end. So it's tuned to the marketplace. So with this salon list that we have, salon owners generally are usually brilliant at what they do, but they have no idea how to run a business. Yeah. And that's why so many salon owners either stay in the lower percent or they struggle or the salon closes. So <clears throat> this direct mail, what we found uh, the past two years is our email interactivity has declined dramatically. Yeah. I mean, dramatically. We have a good list, good active list. But if, for instance, we sent out a slightly different formula email the day before yesterday. And... Um, it was the worst click-through I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I was trying something really cool, and it just failed. Hmm. So the open, the open rate was good. The click-through, um, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you this on camera. We had two, <laughs> two people click through on this emailer. Two yeah. people. Yeah, that's incredible. So that was out of 5,000. Hmm. So the open rate was high. The click-through rate was slow. So we've been thinking about this for a long, long time, really, because every now and again, we do direct mail, and we have around a 10% um, conversion rate yeah. on direct mail. So this was a... Sorry, I've ripped off the bottom because I, I had to write a note for some light bulbs this morning. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so this was an original... This was the last direct mail that we did it converted at 10%. You know, I don't know where the... Let me just see where it is. My wife might have picked up actually. Baby, do you have the new direct mail that I'm using for these salons? Oh, it's here. Sorry, it's here. It's under this book. So, <clears throat> we can't do a screen share on this, can we? Um, I can give it a go. No, uh, I'll tell you, we'll just do this. I'll talk through it. Yeah. So, what I decided to do was. This original one, although it's 10%, I never liked the, the mailer. I just yeah. didn't like it really. The, the, the offer wasn't irresistible. The offer didn't go to the edge. It wasn't like a pure acquisition cost. You know, there was so many things missing. I was just, and we got 10%, I thought, okay, I'm gonna change it completely. So <clears throat> I decided to go back further to my, the way I used to write direct mail. Now, direct mail, of course, originally is, you know, my original direct, direct mail. I mean, this is more what I would call factual direct mail. This is more the new one. We haven't tested yet. We're going to test at the hundreds. This is more story-based. So at the top of it there, I don't know if anyone can see that. Yeah, we can see that, yeah. There's a guy who looks like he's dead. So this was a salon owner I worked with called Rich this year. His wife sent me that picture. She said, oh my God, uh, look what you're doing to my husband. It's only 6.30, <laughs> she just walked in. 
Now, this guy's salon was about to close. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> in 23 days, I increased his business by 223.7%. Mm. And eventually took it from £1,700 a week to nearly £7,500 a week in 12 weeks. Wow. So it was a dramatic turnaround. Dramatic. Yeah. By the way, I did, I did direct mail for these guys as well. So the whole story is the headline. It's a very simple headline that I might change. Mm -hmm. So the headline says, don't worry, this salon owner isn't dead. He's simply exhausted after doing exactly as I told him to do in his salon. Because obviously, this is a promotional piece for this manual. Yeah. So really, <clears throat> the direct mailer for this particular one, and by the way, we've had over 30% conversion on our direct mails wow. to the salon list. So this one is, is the story of the salon owner. Um, and then it talks about, it has their testimonial story at the end. And then it goes more, more into why the, the second piece or the second sheet is more about what I call a, a factual piece. And the third piece is, which I haven't done, I've got it on my desk here. The third piece is a mind blowing offer. It's completely irresistible. So everything is thrown into this offer because I want it to be a, a big time hit as mailer. So everything we can give away is in this offer. There's some dedicated pieces that will only ever go through with this offer. There's some uh, stuff that, well, there's about three items you cannot buy from us, but we have. One mm. of them's our salon blueprint. You can't buy the blueprint, uh, but it's going to be within this offer and loads of other stuff. Plus a 30 minute initial consultation and business planning with me, which yeah. is worth 250 pounds. Mm. And really, Brian, that is the direct mailer that we're doing now. So we're going to test it to 100, <clears throat> see what happens. It's a good time for us to mail that because people are they're a little bit quiet in the salons and they're freaking out over the, the yeah. they, only get, they, only get, they only get busy in the second week, third week of December. It goes mm. crazy. So they'll be panicking right now. Um, so it's a good time for, so lots of things. One, is it tuned into the audience? Two, do you have something that's completely compelling and irresistible? Three, do you have an offer that they just cannot say not? They'd be nuts to say yeah. no to. And that, that's the bottom line. Mm. But the fourth element, of course, is will they open the envelope? Yeah. So I've got to just um, finalize the envelope, get some print or something on the envelope so they will open it. Mm. And that will be the fourth part of this. And then we'll send it to 100 and test it. If it's a successful test, uh, we'll send it to 1,000. And then we'll mm -hmm. probably send it to 2,000, 3,000, so on and mm -hmm. so on. And we'll just multiply it up. Now, let's go back to the original question about direct mail. Everybody should be doing direct mail if they have a business. Yeah. Only, but only if you know what you're doing. You should be doing direct mail. One, it's far more cost-effective. It's two, it's far more um, directed, um, direct. Three, it's a better way of having that conversation. And four, it's a no-brainer. Because if we sell one of these from 100, it's going to cost us 100 pounds to send. One of them brings in a return of 245 pounds. It's just a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, the, the other side of things you've got to think about is your time or pounds per hour or dollars per hour. But for us, it's still worth doing because we expect to sell more than one. Yeah, yeah, definitely more than one, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's that's the direct mail I'm working. I am working on a couple actually, but that's one of them. Hmm. So um, it's uh, it's really interesting that uh, this test you're going to run. So um, is this uh, something that you're sending this to the um, to the, your your existing salon list, like you mentioned? Um, would this be something suitable to um, also uh, get new clients as well later on? Because these are existing clients uh, or, or prospects that you're sending it to. Is it good for, for cold mailings as well, or is it more suited to uh, uh, you, you would, well, this particular, well, I mean, obviously for cold mailing, uh, when you do, well, okay, the first question is, who's this going to? That's what you're asking, really. Yeah. This one's going to existing clients. Yeah. So people who buy this, this will be mailed to them initially. Other products, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is a follow-up uh, letter. Um, for lead generation, you've got to remember for lead generation, the biggest mistake most businesses make is they send one direct mailer and they think uh, it either works or it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No, you have to send. I, I spent 17 years sending a thousand pieces of direct mail every Tuesday. Every Tuesday without fail. That is the only way to make direct mail work. Mm. If you do it as a one-off hit, I mean, you can in some things. For instance, if we would, if we decided to sell Christmas tree lights. Well, we're not going to send out direct mailer yeah, all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> so it does depend, you know, it does depend. But for me, direct mail has to be a sustained campaign. I mean, this thing here, this will have a follow-up that goes with it. The follow-up will be a lift letter with exactly the same thing underneath, maybe with an increased offer, that's all. Mm. It'll, be the, it'll, be, it'll be the same mailing piece. Hmm, interesting. A direct, direct mail. So, for instance, if a client comes to me, as you know, I work with lots of consultants and copywriters. So, the biggest problem copywriters have now is not getting clients because you can get a cheap client anywhere. Yeah. You know, you can see you see them in the forums. I'll do it for two hundred pound, two hundred dollars. I'll do it for four hundred dollars. But the question is, how would you get a client for eighty-four thousand pounds, which is hmm. the kind of clients I have? Yeah, that is a question that I'm wondering about. Well, there's, there's only one way to do it, and that's to, you know, it's a little bit like when a when a lion chases a zebra, it will spend time studying the zebra. It will watch how the zebras are interacting. It'll look for the weakest and the slowest one, and it could watch those zebras all day long. Mm. And only when it knows for sure what it's going to take to catch that zebra, will it go? Direct mail is exactly the same. Here's what I do, Brian. I find something I want to work with, and I find out as much information as I can about them online, and then I hunt them down until they say yes. <laughs> so that <laughs> that's, takes, yeah, that's your hit list that you have? My hit list, yeah. yeah. I don't have a hit list at the moment because I'm so busy with my other stuff, but uh, that's how I usually do it, yeah. Mm. So if I want a client I want to work with, I do everything. Until he says, get lost, Yeah, I, I, will, I will pursue him to the death. Until and he you, says yes. And you, you send out those uh, uh, direct mail of letters until I they do say everything. get lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything, yeah. Mm. So it's that the follow-up is, is really the key with all of that. You know, It's so, it's so easy for us to uh, actually put together a a small campaign and do it one time and, and can come to the uh, conclusion that it doesn't work because it doesn't meet any of the, uh, it doesn't make like the millions of dollars that the, the gurus promised that, that all these campaigns would. Whereas when you get your 
the type of act, consistent action that you've taken over the last 17 years, um, you know, that's how, that's how you actually uh, get some traction in, in, this, in this area. I think for me, Brian, like, well, it's not 17 years, it's, it's 33 years I've been in business. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I am completely unemployable, which I'm happy yeah. about. Yeah. But at the end of the day, for me, business either works or it doesn't. Mm. You know, I don't want to fart around for $100. I just refuse to do it. Yeah. I would rather work for nothing for three months than get paid $100. I'd, I'd be insulted to work for $100. Yeah, I just yeah. wouldn't do it. Good point, yeah. So, you have to set your own standard. You have to set your own shop. You have to put your own position into place and say, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm all about, and nothing is going to change it. So you have to have a fixed mind on, you know, everything in life's a destination. So the question is, how do I get there? You don't just go outside, jump in a car and start driving. You have to look at the map and find out how to get there. Mm. Copywriting is the same. It's a destination. Marketing's the same. It's a destination. The first question I ask my clients when we work together is, what would be the perfect outcome for you 12 months from now? Yeah. And they say, you know, well, if we can hit 500 grand, that would be great. So I always say, if you hit 500 grand, what will you give me? Yeah. And that's the, for me, that's the deal. That's the whole deal mm. almost done then. Yeah. So, you know, you have to give it some... And a lot of new copywriters, they jump in and they go, okay, yeah, I've got that. I've got that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It takes more brain. I mean, copywriters will say to me, I have 10,000 books, you know. I mean, I built my copywriting business on one book. Mm -hmm. David Ogilvy's book on advertising. Yeah. I built my whole copywriting business on that book. And you know why I did that? Because I don't read books. Mm. I'm not a reader. So a book is no good to me. I mean, I read now, I read today, but in those days, I just didn't read books. For me, you have to do it. You have to be able to walk the talk or get a job doing something else. Go back to hairdress. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, uh, different people taking different information different ways, but in the end, you know, uh, uh, like you say, you have to walk, walk the talk and you have to do the stuff, and that's the, that's the ultimate way of, of actually getting results is to actually take take action and follow through, and that's obviously yeah. that's what you've done. Yeah, you do. You know, it's it's a little bit like um, you, you see a lot of web pages these days. I mean, I've tested everything on web pages. Yeah. In fact, you know, I've tested everything from single pages to single images to one button on a web page to a full sales page. I've tested everything, and I always do a full circle. Will that fail? I go back to, like, if you go to Orange Beetle now, it's a full sales page again. Yeah. Why do I do that? Do, do I personally like full sales pages? <laughs> the answer is no, because yeah. I won't read them. Yeah. You're not but reading. here's what I know. If I want a client, I have to have a sales page. <laughs> it's really that simple. Mm. But there's two ways of doing a sales page. One, you either become a formulaic robot and do it the way everyone else does it, or you tune in to that individual that you want, those targets that you want. For example, Brian, a corporate client or a high-end client has a different brain to a single entrepreneur who's doing, you know, 20 grand a year. Yeah. You have a completely different brain. So that sales pitch 
has to be, if you want a bigger client, it has to be tuned into that big client rather than tuned into that. For somebody who's doing 20 grand a year, everything's a risk. For somebody who's doing 5 million a year, they want to take the risk because they've already taken the risk. Yeah, yeah. So they think at a different level. So how do we pitch our camp? How do we get this thing going? Because that's who we are as experts, copywriters, marketers, blah, blah, blah. That's who we are. So, mm. we, you know, we have to ask ourselves certain questions within this process. <clears throat> I know I'm, I'm waffling on. No, that's, that's fine. It's, it's all great information. It's extremely valuable to me. Um, what I'm wondering now is, uh, if, let's say um, uh, I'm a new copywriter who has uh, not been around for a, a long time and, and I'm starting to realise I'm stuck in the uh, robotic formula stage and, and I know that I need to level up my game you know, to, uh, to, to become a world-class copywriter. How, how, can I, how can I start to do that sort of thing? I think um, if you could hear conversations I've had over the years, I'm just going to repeat something here. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just repeating something I know. And the, the biggest mistake copywriters make is they listen to everyone. So they get a million emails, subscriptions, they buy every book, they go to every webinar, they go to every conference, they listen to everyone. And the problem is it becomes overkill it becomes mass confusion it becomes disengaging so you can't level up at that level you yeah. cannot level up at that level i forgot what you said you live in you live in thailand yeah yeah what you have to do is you have to go to a beach somewhere where no one else is you have to go to a jungle somewhere where no one else is don't have an iphone don't have an ipad don't have a book re-engage your brain into high value process. What's a high value process? We keep fit. Is it fitness? What's a high value process? Is it nutrition? Is it just rebalancing your senses? You know, for instance, I, Brian, I, I'm absolutely terrible with my iPhone. I'm like this all the time, you know, it's yeah. something moronic. Now, the problem is when you get to the end of the day, your eyesight, you're like, oh my God, I can't see anything. So sometimes it's good to just go into nature and refocus. For example, when we were in uh, Tbilisi in Georgia, where we have a house, we go to another place called Imereti, which is a, an area, like a county, like a shire. And we went over to Imereti, where we have a, another house in the mountains. And we don't have any web connection or telephone, so it's cool. So you can. So this particular day in Imereti, I decided to, when we got there, we got out of the car and Tamuna and her mother did their thing. And I went into the house and got an axe. Yeah. And I got the axe and I chopped down a small forest. So this forest was a big area. I did it all manually. And the trees were only as wide as an arm. Yeah. It wasn't big trees or anything. Yeah. So, you know, half a dozen chops and the tree fell over. So <clears throat> I spent the whole day chopping down a forest, having a fire. And then something happened in the evening, which I've forgotten about. I could see every star in the sky. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So my human senses became re-engaged at a level. I'd kind of forgotten a little bit. Because when I live here in England, in Cheshire, we're completely saturated with artificial light. So you don't see the stars anymore. Yeah. 
We're in Imereti in Bori, where we have a place. There isn't any light because there's no electric car for time. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to see all you can see is blackness and beyond the blackness so my advice to any copywriter is disengage yourself for a while unsubscribe from many many copywriters and re-engage your mind at a different level because <clears throat> to become another level copywriter takes a different level of thinking mm. and the only way you can be Another level of copywriter is to stop thinking like a copywriter. Like That's the only way it can be done. Yeah. It's, it's the only way it can be done. If we think like a copywriter, for instance, you've probably noticed I never call myself a copywriter. Yeah. When I used to do a lot of speaking, I used to always say, you know, the one of the world's best copywriters or the UK's number one copywriter. Yeah. I used to hate it because I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a guy that gets other people business. Yeah. That's it. And the only way I can do that is what is their customer thinking and how do I relate to that in a conversation that goes on paper? Mm. That's it. So <clears throat> we have to step back from the formula and ask questions. Here, here's the thing, Brian. The formula may be working for the audience, and if it does, why change it? Mm. So if it works... There's nothing needs fixing. If it's no longer working, it's a little bit like, you know, my, my nephew, Eves, he catches fish that I couldn't even pick up. I mean, these things are monsters. Yeah. <laughs> so this lake that he goes fishing on, he has to try every kind of bait he can try. Now, originally, he used to catch, because I, this lake is where they live, so he used to catch little perch or roach that big all the time and suddenly when I, when I said Uncle Alan watch this he's sending me pictures on Instagram oh my god look at this a 27 pound leather carp a 32 pound mirror carp he's only a little guy he's 14 yeah. he's holding these fish like that but the, the thing is he had to ask himself a question how do I catch the bigger fish yeah that's a question he had to ask how do I catch the bigger fish there's a question a copywriter has to ask. If he's only getting the small fish doing what he's already doing, and he's not getting anything from the bigger fish, he has to change the bait. And that will take a little bit of thinking first. That's how you do it. Yeah, the results that you get are dependent on the quality of the question that you ask. That's right, yeah. It's true, yeah. yeah. You have, and you know what? I mean, <clears throat> I came from a hairdressing background. And I knew nothing about copywriting, but in 1990, I, my very first introduction into kind of business was I bought a book by Tom Peters called In Search of Wow. I'd never read a book before and I, I couldn't read it. It was a bit too, business, too complicated for me, really. Yeah. And I bought another book called uh, How to Win Customers and Keep Them for Life by Michael LaBeouf. And that was a game changer a little bit for me. It told me how to interact with a customer, but I still didn't know what to do. And then I found another book, uh, this was in 1990, 91, called uh, by Jay Abraham, which was, um, I forgot what it's called now, Getting Everything You Can From Everything You've Got, an amazing book. And then I got another book by a guy called Jay Conrad Levinson. This was in 1990, and we became good friends in the end. And his book, of course, Guerrilla Marketing, 
that book completely transformed my business mm. action with it. What, how I thought and felt about being in business rather than being a hairdresser. Yeah. So, and of course, over the years, I paid for advice over the years. I won't pay, once paid $5,000 for 30 minutes of advice because I knew this money would transform the way I was doing a certain aspect of my business, and it did. But here's a funny thing, Brian. I learned what I needed to know in a minute. Mm. So it cost me five grand. Yeah. <laughs> but that five grand wasn't a cost because that probably yeah. made me hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah. To be honest. Not more, yeah. So, you know, you, you, have to, you have to ask the question. When I had my very first hairdressing salon, it was 250 square foot. To move to my bigger salon, which was 2,000 square foot, I had to ask the question, how do I do that? How do I make that transition safely? Mm. So as a copywriter, to level up, we have to ask a question, do I need to get advice? If I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm still not leveling up, do I need to get advice from somewhere? Or am I happy to stay the same as I've always been? Mm. That's up to the copywriter, of course. I mean, I know copywriters from when I started copywriting who are still doing like pieces of copy for $3,000 which is fine. I wouldn't do it. I mean, if I'm not getting 25 grand for a piece of copy, I just won't do it. Yeah. That's yeah. English pounds. Yeah. So you, we set our own stall every time. I mean, here's an interesting question I've been asking myself while we're in Georgia. Why do I always ask for 25 grand minimum for my copy? Why am I not asking 50 grand? Yeah, yeah. That's a you good know, and you'll get other cop yeah, it's a good question, right? Because you'll get other coppers will say, copywriters will say three grand. So if they're always always asking three grand, why are they not asking six grand? Yeah. So my advice to a copywriter is take what you have right now and double it and see what happens. Mm. That's what I would do. <clears throat> yeah, that's something that uh, that I've uh, um, struggled with over the years. You know, I've been slow to to um, ask myself that, that same question. And I've been stuck on these lower fees for, for a number of yeah. years. So um, I'm starting, still working on getting past that now. So, uh, you know, um, it's, it's very important for, um, for copywriters to, to do that sort of stuff. It is. And, and the other thing worth thinking about as well, well, Brian, is what we have to remember is, I mean, I've seen the copyright marketplace change dramatically. So clients now know more than they have ever known. When I started copywriting, clients knew zero. They just didn't know. The only thing they knew about copywriting was what they learnt in English grammar at school. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Now, you can buy a million books online about how to do this. Mm. And what copywriters forget is your clients are also buying those books that we buy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They know roughly how to do it now. They know. I mean, look what Facebook does now. Facebook's AI will write an ad for you. Yeah. And all you have to do is click post it and budget. That's what copywriters are up against. So you have to rethink your marketplace. Because <clears throat> this stuff here that we are writing, the clients already know how to do it. So I get clients coming to me with brilliant sales letters. And I mean, they come to me with sales letters and you think, oh my God, how can I improve it? Yeah. 
And, and you know, the, the thing that they usually do is clients will usually present you a formulaic piece of copy rather than a conversationally tuned mm. piece of copy. So that's where we have an advantage. But most copywriters don't have that advantage because mm. they write formulaic and they don't think. They just do by formula. <clears throat> yeah, so let, let's find out how, how other copywriters can get that advantage because uh, as great as it's been talking to you, I, uh, our time's almost up here. So I wanted to uh, say a heartfelt thanks for what you shared on here. It's, it's really... Uh, golden information. So how can people... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has. And and how, how how can people find out about how they can level up their game with you? How can they find out more about you? Well, there's a few ways, Brian. I mean, <clears throat> since 2004, I've been running a mentor program for copywriters, and I literally work with three copywriters a year. It's not mass production. It's not get a million copywriters on a call yeah, yeah, and show yeah. them a pre-recorded webinar. I work with my copywriters 24-7 until that period is over. So for 12 weeks, for instance, I'm working with a guy now in, um, not in Arizona, I forgot where he is, um, Virginia, Iowa. No, it's not Iowa. <laughs> I forgot what it is there. He'll kill me if he, if he watches this no, video, no. he'll kill me. <laughs> but um, he can contact me. We do our communication through WhatsApp mostly. He can contact me any time of any day, any hour of any day, any day of any week, any week of any month through that 12-week period. And it is brilliant. It's the best period of training I've ever done. Because when we're talking about leveling up, I decided last year, what's the biggest problem my copywriters mentor? The problem was they have to wait a week before we speak again. So I thought, okay, I'm going to open it 24 hours a day and see what happens. Yeah. It's been amazing because, for instance, this guy, he took $15,000 in three weeks. And this guy is a copywriting consultant who was charging. His first invoice he was sending out was for $1,995. And the amount of work he was doing was insane. I said, are you completely mad? <laughs> this needs to be. So I showed him how to price it properly. The price came to something like $14,500. I said, this is how we'll construct the, because I do everything. We, I can help them to construct the, the, the brief. We construct the pricing. We construct the job. We construct it by the hour. We construct it by the detail. We do everything. And then I show them how to make the offer completely resistible. And that's what we did. And Chris sent out this offer. And we remember, he wanted to do it for $1,995. Yeah. He charged 7000 500 for the job he wanted to sell for 1995 yeah. and the client thought it was cheap <laughs> right yeah, interesting yeah. right so he got two jobs in like that fifteen thousand dollars right away so with my copywriters there's a few things you can do one you can go to orangebeetle.com find all of this stuff one copywriters mentor which is 12 weeks really intensive it starts at ten thousand pounds but people, some copywriters do hire me for a week. Uh, certain consultants, they hire me for a month. Or they hire me just for a one-hour Skype call to do, um, go through some details of their own briefs or emails or whatever. It's, it's proper hardcore, but it's really powerful for the guys. Uh, for a one-hour call, they pay about £500. And they get their money back tenfold easily. Yeah. So the big one is copywriters mentor. 
The second one, I have a course which is called uh, Cash Convert and Get Paid, which is another level for copywriters who are, are stuck. That will give you all the stuff that I do myself, but of course it's a how-to. Yeah. So you just buy the course, you listen to the course, you get the PowerPoint, you get the audios, and you go through it. It's completely different level thinking. There's stuff in there, Brian, that, you know, talk about pricing up. You do that in there for, I forgot how much it is now. I think it's $895. You do that in there, it is a completely different level thinking, completely. The third way, of course, is just, we talked about at the beginning, I have DVDs that, um, I did a course in 2005, it's a DVD course, which we've just put online. So we're putting out, I have 70 DVDs, they're all going online at the moment, so we've just done the first class. So this was called the Copywriter's Masterclass, How to Write Yourself a Million Dollars. Yeah. It's a brilliant class um, because it shows you how to not just write like a copywriter, how to think at a different level as a copywriter. Now, <clears throat> I don't know how long this offer, we're actually not running this offer now, but it's on the website. Yeah. So we haven't promoted it yet, we're about to do it. You can actually access this full course, video course. Wait for it yeah. for one, one pound. Wow, that's cheap. <laughs> so <clears throat> if you go to, we're only doing this for a week or two weeks. So from the day that we launch it, it'll be there for seven days. You'll see it be promoted online. Yes. It's a brilliant course. It's a £5,000 course. Uh, there's two millionaires were made from that class. There was one guy did $90,000 in 12 weeks from that class. There was one guy, Kevin Lewis, who did £42,000 in 12 hours wow. from that <laughs> class. And he's on this. Th and plus, there's also two protégés of mine talking on this class. as well. So it's quite cool. It's quite an eclectic class. But it's a slightly different approach to copywriting, which my approach is, because it's, you know, it's, it's grand, it's boots on the ground based. You can get that for a pound right now. Brian, you would find all this stuff at orangebeetle.com. If you want to know more about what I'm up to and what I'm doing, my main website is alanforestsmith.com, which is where I do all my authoring, which I do a lot of blogging, which I do a lot of writing we should do a lot of controversial stuff and it links out to other places. That's the kind of the main place yeah. you'll find me. Cool. Thanks for that. That's really awesome. I mean, that, the, the sound of the Copywriters Masterclass course, absolutely no brainer. It's eight ninety five or whatever you said the price was. You know, no, for, they could for, just one pound right yeah, now. For, for, I was going to say for a pound, you know, uh, it's, uh, it just takes away. Um, uh, there, there, should be no, there should be nobody that can't do that. So that, that's a really yeah. awesome offer and we appreciate that. So... I'm going to put these uh, links on the site at geniusesofcopywriting.com. If you're listening on iTunes, go to that website. I'll put all the links there and people can find out about uh, you and, and these courses. And I highly recommend that they do because you're one of the guys who I deeply respect in the world of copywriting. This is why I'm so excited to have you on the call. So, so thanks for coming along. I really appreciate you taking the time out uh, to do this. Um, uh, thanks, thanks very much for that. And uh, we'll have to have you back on the show again sometime because I've got Thanks, Brian. I've got a lot more questions I want to ask you. <laughs> All right, Brian. Cheers. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.